Well, we would certainly like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or, of course, on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we have a whole bevy of great music to play for you this evening. Onward through the evening and uh, into the early hours of tomorrow morning. And... Our jazz feature is always something we do first up on the show, but we'll have music uh, later on by such people as Bud Powell, Charlie Rouse, Jim Hall, all kinds of, um, and some really delightful uh, early Dave Brubeck as well. So, a wide variety, and I've only mentioned just a few names. But our jazz feature this evening Last week, we had one of the most famous tenor saxophonists in jazz, and that was in the person of Stan Getz. Tonight, we have someone who is a great player, but virtually unknown. And sad to say, um, had a very short recording career and a rather sad life. Um, you know, artists sometimes, um, not just jazz musicians, a lot of people play on that aspect, you know, all this, you know, guys fell into drug and alcohol, all that sort of stuff. Well, you know, artists in general, uh, very sensitive people, and some of them led very unhappy lives and yet produced some of the world's great art, of course. And Harold Floyd Brooks was no different. This gentleman, that was his name, um, became known as Tina Brooks, and his first name was spelled T-I-N-A. A lot of people thought uh, Brooks was um, a female. Well, it goes back to his childhood, and Brooks was um, born in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and Going to school there, he was a rather small kid, and so he got a nickname, and it was Tiny. And, of course, um, the way Tiny would be pronounced by um, southern black folks uh, would be Tina. And so it became Tina, and that was his nickname, Tina Brooks. Anyway, that uh, solves that mystery a lot. (laughs) Some younger musicians have uh, come up to me, um, that aren't familiar with him and say, oh, is, is this uh, Tina Brooks uh, um, a female? Wow. And I say, well, no, um, <laughs> he certainly wasn't a female. He was uh, a male. <laughs> and uh, Tina Brooks was one of the most distinctive and soulful saxophonists ever produced. But he had an unfortunate career. Um, you can always tell his playing is very identifiable sound and a very interesting concept. Uh, Brooks arrived in the New York area in the early 50s and then went out on the road with all kinds of R&B bands. And in 1955, he joined Lionel Hampton's band, but that was for him 
just more R&B. But anyway, it provided him with a pretty good salary. And uh, he finished uh, a tour with Hampton and then began uh, in New York to forge some real strong jazz relationships, especially with the genius pianist Elmo Hope and another gentleman by the name of Little Benny Harris. And Little Benny Harris was one of the early forefathers of modern jazz and uh, not as well known as Charlie Parker or Dizzy Gillespie, but definitely an influential musician. And it was Benny who encouraged uh, Tyna and actually phoned the head honcho of Blue Note Records and encouraged them to come to a small club where Tyna was playing and check this young tenor saxophonist out. And Alfred Lyon of Blue Note Records was very impressed. And he asked Tyna to record, along with some other people, on a very famous album by organist Jimmy Smith, who was going on to be one of the big stars of Blue Note Records. And Tyna, of course, appeared on Jimmy's famous album, The Sermon. He also, later on, recorded with Kenny Burrell and a whole bunch of uh, marvelous people. And eventually, uh, Alfred Lyon gave Tyna his own record date. And this is where it starts. It's a good record. Lee Morgan was on it, Sonny Clark, some other people. It was never released for some odd reason. Tyna became, later on in the early 60s, befriended a young trumpet player who had just arrived from Indianapolis. And that young trumpet player was Freddie Hubbard. And uh, they, they shared a room together, practiced together, and Tyna Brooks uh, contributed a huge um, amount, uh, arrangements, compositions, and of course his terrific solo power to Freddie Hubbard's debut album on Blue Note called Open Sesame. And that led to Tyner Brooks having his second record date for Blue Note called True Blue. And that, this is an, one excellent record. And it was released. However, as luck would have it, Downbeat Magazine, the jazz magazine, in all its wisdom, gave True Blue a lousy rating. It was two and a half stars out of five. And I think in some ways this might have, um, well, it didn't, it likely influenced the sales of the record as people, you know, looked at uh, higher ratings and so oh, I'm going to buy that record, et cetera, et cetera, the usual stuff. And I think maybe it um, affected Alfred Lyon a little bit. Now, Tyna had two more wonderful recording sessions for Blue Note. Both of those recordings were never released, sad to say. Eventually, uh, Tyna stopped recording in 1961. And uh, then he freelanced and actually toured for about a year with Ray Charles' band. 
And after that, returning to New York City and the jazz wars, um, he kind of fell into um, dissipation. I think he was just saddened with the lack of success in his career and succumbed to uh, drug addiction, alcoholism, and sadly, at age 42 in 1974, passed away. Um, he hadn't played the saxophone for years, and um, a friend of his uh, found him, and uh, sad to say that was the end of Tyna Brooks. The interesting thing is all of his recordings for Blue Note have now been released, and they are treasured. Um, Mosaic, the great company um, that, that compiled so many things, put out a beautiful box set of all the, the complete albums of uh, Tyna Brooks with all kinds of pictures, information, and so on. And somehow the appreciation for Brooks, which he lacked in his lifetime, is certainly uh, has lasted to today. And Brooks is far more appreciated today now that he's been gone for so many years than he ever was in his lifetime. So we're going to go back to an album. Unfortunately, again, this was his um, second album. Or no, this I'm sorry, this was his third album, or it was to be his third album. It was actually advertised in the Blue Note catalog and given uh, a matrix number as well. And um, not only in the Blue Note catalog, but in the jazz publications, too. It was advertised. And I remember going into a record store and, and asking for this album. And um, unfortunately, it was never released. And this is uh, one of the mysteries of Blue Note Records. They never put this album out, but even though they advertised that it was out. Very strange and very sad and sort of uh, indicative of all the things that happened with Tyna Brooks. This album is called Back to the Tracks, and it features a wonderful band that Brooks put together with uh, Tyna Brooks on tenor saxophone, Blue Mitchell on trumpet, Kenny Drew on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and the great Arthur Taylor on drums. And all of this was recorded in October of 1960. And it's quite a wonderful album and it's going to be our jazz feature and we're going to hear it in just a moment. So we'll get to the tunes on this album. The first one is a composition by Mr. Brooks and it's the title track and it's called Back to the Tracks. Second tune has a cameo appearance by one of Brooks's best friends, the great alto saxophonist Jackie McLean. And he's on this track, on track two only, and makes a very uh, short appearance on here and adds his horn to the ensemble. And uh, track number two is another Brooks composition called Street Singer. Tune number three is the third Tyna Brooks composition of the album. It's called The Blues and I. Tune number four is a beautiful ballad that uh, several jazz musicians were playing. Horace Silver, Thelonious Monk played this tune. Um, it's an obscure standard, but it's got a beautiful 
melodic line, and the tune is called For Heaven's Sake. Tune number five, the final tune on the album, is again a standard tune, and uh, not too many people have tackled this tune, but it's called The Ruby and the Pearl. The only other recording I know of this is uh, on an early Wayne Shorter recording, and um, this is another kind of fascinating standard tune, The Ruby and the Pearl. So we have five tracks on this album, and it's called Back to the Tracks. Once again, the personnel, Tyna Brooks on tenor saxophone, the leader, the great Blue Mitchell on trumpet, Kenny Drew at the piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums, and on the second tune, a cameo appearance by alto saxophone great Jackie McLean. So here we go with Back to the Tracks, Tyna Brooks. Thank you. 
our jazz feature album this evening called Back to the Tracks. And this was one of the, unfortunately, never issued albums by the great tenor saxophonist Tyna Brooks. Strangely enough, the album was uh, in the Blue Note catalogs, advertised. It was advertised for sale in the jazz publications, and they never put it out. Very, very strange. Anyway, that was uh, part of the unfortunate uh, aspect of the career, the truncated career of Tyna Brooks, one of the great, rather unsung heroes of the tenor saxophone, as well as being a fine composer as well. Uh, Brooks um, stopped recording in 1961 and uh, in 1974 at uh, age 42, sadly passed away. He had been ill for a number of years and hadn't touched the saxophone, Sad, even sadder to say. However, when the 80s rolled around and the Japanese began to uh, go into the Blue Note vaults and issue um, recordings, many of them previously unissued, um, all of Brooks' recordings that he did for Blue Note um, there were four of them, and only one was actually ever officially issued. And uh, they all came out. And, of course, um, with the coming of CDs, etc., etc., and box sets and all that sort of stuff, uh, Brooks's career, or his music at least, was uh, brought to the fore, and people realized how great uh, a musician he was and how very distinctive uh, he was. His, he had his own beautiful sound on the tenor saxophone, full of the real blues feel, and of course um, a very original concept as well. So he was much more appreciated long after he had passed away. Uh, the unfortunate um, fate of many great artists. Anyway, getting back to this album, we heard a hand-picked uh, quintet put together by Brooks. Tyna Brooks on tenor saxophone, Blue Mitchell on trumpet, Kenny Drew on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums. And, of course, that's the kind of a Cadillac uh, New York band of the time. All of this was recorded in October of 1960 and supposedly <laughs> was supposed to be put out on this album called Back to the Tracks. And as I mentioned before, it never was. We heard it now, and uh, we, the first tune was the title track called Back to the Tracks, written by Tyna Brooks. The second tune is interesting because it had a cameo appearance in the ensemble and uh, a short solo by one of Brooks's great friends, alto saxophone master Jackie McLean. So um, he uh, made the group um, a sextet for this one tune, and the, and the second tune was entitled Street Singer, composed by Brooks. Tune number three was entitled The Blues and I, Tune number four was the ballad of the set, a very beautiful um, melodic line. 
and a rather obscure standard, but Thelonious Monk played that tune, so did Horace Silver and a few other musicians. And the tune is called For Heaven's Sake. The final tune sounds like a jazz original, but it was actually a standard tune, and uh, Brooks arranged it. The tune is called The Ruby and the Pearl, and uh, that completed the album. So we hope you enjoyed our jazz feature this evening. As I mentioned before, last week we featured one of the most famous of all tenor saxophonists, Stan Getz, and tonight um, someone who is equally as great but uh, never became famous, sad to say, Tyna Brooks, Harold Floyd Brooks. So we'll be back in a very few moments with some music by the great Chet Baker. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or, of course, on your computer, www.citr.ca. And we shall return very shortly. The 31st Annual Vancouver Queer Film Festival takes place this August 15th to 25th at various theaters. Join us for the best in independent queer cinema, performances, workshops, panel discussions, and parties. With over 100 films from 27 countries, the Vancouver Queer Film Festival is more enthralling and entertaining than ever. Tickets are on sale now at www.queerfilmfestival.ca. Montreal's electro-pop duo Milk and Bone play the Fox Cabaret on August 30th. Tickets are on sale now at eventbrite.com and Red Cat Records. Presented by MRG Concerts, CRTR Radio, and Discorder Magazine. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkamenum-speaking Musqueam people. Trumpeter Chet Baker, of course, had a most interesting career. We won't get into all the details, but uh, he always, regardless of all the stuff that happened to him and his um, kind of transient lifestyle and, of course, uh, uh, all, all sorts of things, um, Baker always seemed to rally. And he recorded a lot. Um, he spent a lot of time in Europe and this particular, we're going to hear a couple of tracks um, of an album that was recorded in Europe in October of 1979 for the Steeplechase 
label, which is a jazz recording uh, label out of Denmark. And Chet is united here with the um, American expatriate pianist, Duke Jordan. And, uh, of course, Duke Jordan was uh, very important. He goes back to uh, the early days um, in the 40s because he was in Charlie Parker's working quintet. And uh, Duke Jordan, a very, very important pianist in the modern jazz era. And, of course, one of the greatest bass players ever, the great Dane, Nils Hennig Orsted Pedersen, NHOP on bass, and drummer Norman Fearington. So we're going to hear two tunes from this marvelous album called No Problem. Both are compositions by pianist Duke Jordan, and uh, Baker obviously loved um, playing uh, with Duke and playing his compositions. The first tune is probably Duke's most, one of his most famous melodies, and it's called No Problem. And tune number two is entitled Jealous Blues. So here then... Chet Baker on trumpet, Duke Jordan on piano, NHOP on bass, Norman Fearington on drums. No problem. Thank you. 
Some music by the great Chet Baker on trumpet, and we also heard him do a little bit of scat singing on that uh, last tune. Chet was united here with uh, the great expatriate pianist who was living in Denmark at the time, Duke Jordan. And, of course, Duke was uh, is a very important figure in modern jazz history. The bassist... Nels Hennig Orsted Pedersen, the Great Dane, on bass, NHOP, uh, and Norman Fearington on drums. So we heard two tunes from this album, which was issued on the uh, Danish Steeplechase label. It was recorded in October of 1979, and we heard uh, two Duke Jordan compositions. The first one was um, likely one of his most famous compositions called No Problem, and the second tune was called The Jealous Blues, and we heard Chet do some of his uh, unique scat singing, as well as play the trumpet on, on that one, and of course that tune was composed by Duke Jordan as well. Chet Baker and Duke Jordan, what a pair. Mm-hmm. We'll be back in a very few moments. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM. 
101.9. And of course, on your user-friendly computer, it's citr.ca for live streaming. And we shall return. We have got some music. We're going to take you back in time to one of the great jazz clubs. Next set. Real to Real Film Festival presents short films from coast to coast. A free screening of local and short films showcasing some of the boldest and brightest directors across the country, including award-winning works and daring new voices. The screening is part of the free outdoor film series on August 23rd at 9 p.m. at Ron Bassford Park on Granville Island. More info can be found at www.r2rfestival.org or R2R Festival on Facebook. Discorder Magazine has been supporting local music for over 30 years. Thanks to the long-term support of the Rickshaw Theater, Discorder lives. Your favorite bands are playing at the Rickshaw Theater. Check out their calendar just behind the cover of Discorder Magazine or at rickshawtheater.com. as though we're going to be in for a pretty nice week of weather. Uh, tonight, uh, a few clouds, and it's going to go down to about 14. Tomorrow will be um, actually nicer than today, but it'll be a mix of sun and cloud, and a low of 14, and highs between 22 and 26. It's going to get nice and warm. Thursday, uh, Wednesday and Thursday are going to be s- sunny, Lows between 14 and highs between 24 and 27. Then we go to Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. All those days are a mix of sun and cloud. Very uh, pleasant weather and uh, looks pretty good for uh, Friday and the weekend. With lows down to about 13 and highs up to 24. So a nice comfortable mix there and uh yeah get out and enjoy it the dog days of august mm-hmm. before <laughs> well we all know what's going to happen in september right okay we're going to move now to one of the legendary jazz clubs and some legendary musicians as well this is um I guess you could call this early modern jazz, and this was recorded at uh, one of the real um, 
early modern jazz outlets in New York City, a place called the Royal Roost. And the band here is led by pianist composer Tad Dameron. And of course, the legendary and one of the great pioneers of modern jazz trumpet, Fats Navarro, Theodore Navarro. And of course, Fats had a, sad to say, um, passed away at age 26 in 1950. Um, really, really too bad because uh, um, this, this man really set um, the standard for jazz trumpet playing. And of course, he influenced all the great trumpeters of the 50s, people like Freddie Hubbard, Lee Morgan, um, Woody Shaw, and on down the line. Fats Navarro on trumpet, and legendary Rudy Williams on alto saxophone. And um, Rudy was one of those musicians who had come up in an earlier era, and you can hear that in his sound on the alto saxophone, but he was also um, very much uh, getting into modern jazz. So he's kind of a transitional figure. Very, very fine saxophone player. Rudy Williams, alto saxophone, and another legend on tenor saxophone, a young man who was um, quite a protege, Alan Eager on tenor saxophone. Curly Russell on bass was one of the mainstay modern jazz bassists, and of course, one of the pioneers of modern jazz on drums, Kenny Clark, all led by pianist Tad Dameron. We're going to hear three Dameron compositions. The first one was called Dameronia. The second tune is Our Delight. And the third tune is Bebop, spelled backwards. So it's Eb Pob. <laughs> there you go. All of this was recorded in October of, wow, 1948. That's a long time ago. Some great music right here.
recorded at the legendary jazz club in New York, the Royal Roost. And that was the Tad Dameron Orchestra with, of course, composer, arranger, and pianist Tad Dameron with the great Fats Navarro on trumpet, on alto saxophone Rudy Williams, on tenor saxophone the legendary Alan Eager, and Curly Russell on bass, and Kenny Clark on drums. And we heard three Dameron compositions, all recorded October 9th, 1948, was the broadcast recording. Uh, the first tune was called Dameronia, and um, second tune, Our Delight, and the third and longest tune is entitled Eb Pob, which of course is bebop backwards. Okay. <laughs> and of course, um, some wonderful trumpet playing by the great Fats Navarro, who really set the standard for modern jazz trumpet and sadly left us um, far too early for a variety of reasons. And uh, Fats died in 1950 at age 26. Such a promising musician and cut short. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or, of course, on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we uh, just like to mention a couple of websites, uh, which we do every week. But just to remind people that, uh, you know, you can go on your computer and browse around uh, a couple of very interesting websites. One of them, of course, is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society, and that's coastaljazz.ca. They also, um, Coastal Jazz, of course, uh, produces the big jazz festival every year. But also um, on that website, which is very comprehensive, they have up-and-coming concerts uh, in, uh, that are produced by them throughout the year. And, of course, you can also access the schedule, the music schedule at Frankie's, which, of course, is one of Vancouver's leading jazz clubs, Frankie's Jazz Club, down on Beatty Street, right across from uh, BC Place. And the music is programmed there by Corey Weeds. And, of course, um, all kinds of wonderful musicians perform at Frankie's, and you can Look at the schedule and uh, figure out who you want to hear and make reservations and do all that kind of stuff on that particular website. So that's coastaljazz.ca. And the other fine website is vancouverjazz.com. You can browse around that website. There's all sorts of interesting bios of musicians and uh, all kinds of stuff. And and, and realize that we have quite a, uh, a jazz scene here in Vancouver. And um, so many great musicians uh, throughout the city and and, uh, in the lower mainland. Absolutely amazing. Some of the best in the country. And, of course, um, you can find out where they're going to be playing and when and where and all that sort of stuff by checking out those two websites. Coastaljazz.ca, VancouverJazz.com. And I always mention Pat's Pub, of course, which is in the legendary Patricia Hotel. Pat's Pub has jazz every Saturday afternoon and from 3 to 7. And some of our finest musicians perform there. Of course, um, there's other times when 
Pats does have uh, some uh, ticketed uh, jazz shows. But on Saturday afternoon, there is never a cover. So if you're um, low on money, <laughs> like a lot of people are, you can uh, check out Pat's Pub. Very economical. And get there early because it, uh, it's pretty well packed out every Saturday afternoon. You can run into old friends down there and very friendly spot as well in the Patricia Hotel. And from 3 to 7, some of our best musicians perform there. So do check it out. We're going to turn now to the music a baritone saxophone legend, Jerry Mulligan. And I think this is one of his finest quartets. A lot of people talk about his legendary first quartet with Chet Baker. And, of course, he had so many um, different uh, groups. Um, When uh, he and Baker kind of broke their alliance, uh, he had other trumpet players in, in, in the band. And then he expanded to a sextet, um, he also uh, put together a great big band. We're going to have to hear some of Mulligan's uh, concert jazz band sometime. That is uh, a marvelous band that he had together. But this particular quartet is one of my favorites. And it features Mulligan, of course, on baritone saxophone, and Art Farmer on trumpet, the great Wonderful trumpet player. He and Mulligan just had a a perfect uh, match together. And on bass, still living and still playing, the great Bill Crow on bass and Dave Bailey on drums. We're going to hear three tunes from this uh, wonderful Columbia album called What Is There to Say? And two of these tunes, well, one of the tunes, the first tune is a Mulligan tune, and it's called As Catch Can. Then we're going to hear this quartet's version of My Funny Valentine. And the final tune is a composition by Art Farmer, and it's called Blueport. And for me, that particular tune is the capper of this album. So here then, the Jerry Mulligan Quartet, Mulligan on baritone saxophone, Art Farmer on trumpet, Bill Crow on bass, Dave Bailey on drums, and we start with As Catch Can. Thank you. 
Three tunes from this great Jerry Mulligan album, which came out on Columbia, and it was the album was titled The Jerry Mulligan Quartet, What Is There to Say? And Mulligan, of course, on baritone saxophone, Art Farmer on trumpet, Bill Crow on bass, and David Bailey on drums. We heard three tunes. The first tune was by Mulligan, 
entitled As Catch Can. The second tune, of course, was his arrangement of the Rogers and Hart Beauty, My Funny Valentine. And the third tune, I erroneously said um, it was written by Art Farmer. Actually, it was written by bassist Bill Crow, and it was called Blueport. And that's my favorite track of the album. So there you go. And I think one of Mulligan's finest quartets in this uh, classic recording. We heard uh, three of the great tunes from that one. We're going to turn now to a rare date. And it's from a set that has come out. It's called the Complete Storyville Recording. Storyville uh, was a jazz club that was run by George Ween, who uh, began the Newport Jazz Festival. Storyville was located in Boston, and it was one of the finest uh, jazz clubs. And, of course, it was going for a long time. But in the early days of his career, it was one of the favorite clubs that Dave Brubeck played. Uh, Brubeck was not a lover of a lot of nightclubs. Uh, he felt that uh, the clientele, you know, was too distracted, not interested in the music, and um, too busy talking and boozing and all that kind of stuff. And, of course, um, Brubeck in the 50s uh, embarked really on, on a, uh, a concert career and enjoyed playing in uh, junior colleges and high schools and that sort of thing. He felt uh, the audiences there were, were much better. However, he did enjoy some clubs, and Storyville was one of them. And uh, this is a broadcast recording, and it features an early edition of the Dave Brubeck Quartet, long before Take 5 and all that kind of stuff, as they were doing their own arrangements of basically standard tunes. And um, so we're going to hear um, a tune called Love Walked In. Then we're going to hear I'll Never Smile Again. And then we're going to hear a tune called The Way You Look Tonight. And all these were uh, standard tunes uh, from the Great American Songbook. And the, this edition of the Brubeck Quartet includes Ron Crotty on bass and Lloyd Davis on drums. Lloyd Davis went on to be the uh, percussionist in the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra for many, many years. But he was a fine jazz drummer, as you will hear uh, on these tracks. The um, spoken introduction here, because it's a broadcast recording, is by the great John McClellan. And so he'll be introducing the the band and the Dave Brubeck Quartet, all done in, uh, recorded in February of 1953, before Brubeck became really famous. From Storyville, the Dave Brubeck Quartet. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is John McCullough speaking to you from George Ween's Storyville in the Hotel Buckminster at Kenmore Square in Boston. Tonight we bring you the music of the Dave Brubeck Quartet, a unique sound in modern American music. Featuring Paul Desmond on alto sax, Ron Crotty on bass, Lloyd Davis on drums, and Dave Brubeck at the piano. Those of you who have heard the first two programs in this series know that we try to bring you music from Storyville at its unrehearsed, most relaxed best. 
So there'll be no fancy introductions or fanfares. As a matter of fact, the show is already in progress, and we'd like you to feel, wherever you are, at home or in your car, that you have just walked into Storyville, you've been seated at a table, and now on with the music of the Dave Brubeck Quartet.
Recorded at Storyville in Boston, one of the great uh, jazz clubs that uh, existed in that city. And uh, we heard the mellifluous tones of uh, the uh, announcer, John McClellan, uh, introducing the Dave Brubeck Quartet. And uh, this early version of the quartet included, of course, Paul Desmond on alto saxophone, on bass, Ron Crotty, and on drums, Lloyd Davis, and of course, Dave Brubeck on piano. And as I mentioned before, all of this was recorded in early 1953, just a few years ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, and we heard um, 
Their specialty at that time, this was before Take Five and the and Brubeck's original compositions, the, the early Brubeck Quartet explored standard tunes and uh, uh, tunes from the Great American Songbook and did their own arrangements of those tunes. So we heard three of them. Uh, we opened with uh, Love Walked In, and then we heard I'll Never Smile Again, which was co-composed by uh, Frank Sinatra, and the final tune was uh, The Way You Look Tonight. All three um, tunes from the, uh, the American, Great American Songbook. The Dave Brubeck Quartet, live at Storyville. And, of course, these were quite rare broadcast recordings. And uh, they didn't really see the light of day for many, many, many years. We're going to turn now to uh, something a little different. This is a moody piece of music in many ways. Um, I've always always liked this. There's an element of... Uh, longing and sadness toward this uh, in this piece of music. And it's written by tenor saxophone great from Chicago, Clifford Jordan. Of course, uh, Jordan was one of the graduates of uh, the famed DuSable High School, which produced so many incredible musicians like Benny Green, Gene Ammons, Eddie Harris, uh, Richard Davis, Julian Priester, all kinds of people from Chicago. Clifford Jordan, one of the great voices of the tenor saxophone. This is from uh, uh, his album that came out on the uh, musician-run label Strata East, and it was called Clifford Jordan in the World. And he assembled quite a group of musicians here to record this uh, piece of music, including the incredible Don Cherry on trumpet, Julian Priester, of course, one of his Chicago buddies on trombone. Julian is still very much with us. The late, great Winton Kelly on piano. Wilbur Ware on one of the basses. And the great Richard Davis, who is still with us, on the other bass. And Tootie Heath, Albert Heath, on drums, who, of course, is still very much with us. This is Clifford Jordan's Vienna.
From the album Clifford Jordan in the World. That's his composition. And Clifford Jordan, of course, one of the great voices of the tenor saxophone, along with Don Cherry on trumpet, Julian Priester on trombone, Witten Kelly on piano, Wilbur Ware on bass, along with Richard Davis on bass, two of them, and Albert Heath on drums, and that was Clifford Jordan's composition, Vienna. We're going to uh, take you to a nightclub, this time in Hollywood, and it uh, was a jazz club down in, in Hollywood called the Renaissance. Lots of great music was played at that club, including what we're going to hear. This is a quintet led by Red Mitchell, who, of course, is a great bass player, but he's playing cello here. And um, very interesting sound, along with Frank Strazzeri on piano and the great Jim Hall on guitar, Jimmy Bond on bass, and the always swinging Frank Butler on drums. And 
This is a piece of music written by Jim Hall, and he calls it simply Jim's Blues.
Red Mitchell on cello, and of course Jim Hall on guitar, along with Frank Strazeri on piano, Jimmy Bond on bass, and Frank Butler on drums, all recorded at the Renaissance Jazz Club in Hollywood, and that was entitled Jim's Blues, written by Jim Hall, of course. We're going to now turn to the music of Hammond organist John Patton, Big John Patton, along with uh, the great George Braith, who plays uh, soprano saxophone and Stritch. Stritch is a straight alto saxophone. And sometimes Braith uh, does the Roland Kirk thing, plays them both at once. George is still very much alive and still playing a lot in New York City. John, Big John Patton on organ, along with Grant Green on guitar, Ben Dixon on drums, and Tommy Turrentine on trumpet. And uh, we're going to hear a couple of tunes from this album called Blue John. First one is a composition by George Braith, and it's uh, called Bermuda Clayhouse. And then we're going to hear Dem Dirty Blues, written by guitarist Grant Green. So here we go with the music of Hammond organist Big John Patton. Thank you. 
Yeah. We heard three tunes from an album by Big John Patton, one of the masters of the Hammond organ, with his group, along with uh, the great and still-living George Braith, who um, was playing soprano saxophone and stritch, which is an elongated alto saxophone. And sometimes he played them both together, a la Roland Kirk. And, of course, on guitar, Grant Green, on drums, Ben Dixon. And on the last tune, we heard uh, Tommy Turrentine on trumpet. And all of this was from an album entitled Blue John, John Patton. So we heard uh, George Brace tune to open the set called Bermuda Clay House. And then we heard one called Them Dirty Blues, written by guitarist Grant Green. And the final tune was written by drummer Ben Dixon and called Nicety. So that's it for this edition of The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9, of course, and uh, on your computer, www.citr.ca. Next week on the jazz feature, we're going to hear some more organ jazz, but this time with alto saxophonist Papa Lou Donaldson. And we're going to be featuring an album that you can listen to, you can dance to. It's uh, really hip, and it's called Alligator Boogaloo. Lou Donaldson. That's going to be our jazz feature next week on The Jazz Show. My name's Gavin Walker. Thank you very much for listening. If you uh, caught most of the show this evening, good on you. If you caught a little bit of it, great. And we'll see you in seven days' time. We start at 9 o'clock every Monday evening right here on CITR. So take care. Enjoy the weather this week. Have a ball. Bye-bye.